Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla D. Here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth, not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Sunday. It is June the 11th of the year 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. I hope this day finds you and your family well. I truly do. Hallelujah. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. And I don't know about you. I will rejoice in it no matter what's going on in my life. No matter what's going on in this world. I will rejoice in it anyway. Hallelujah. Now let's get this truth on the road. Today's episode is entitled... These signs shall follow them who believe. Yes, these signs shall follow them who believe. Let's go to our opening scripture. It is in Mark chapter 16. And while you look for Mark chapter 16, I will share that I will be quoting scripture today from the New King James Version of the Bible. And you guys know the routine. When I call out a scripture, you have the ability to pause the tape. When you find the scriptures, you can press play and we will be on the same page. So with that said, I will be reading from Mark 16 where our opening scriptures are and verses 17 and 18. Okay. All right. I hope you are ready. I gave you enough time to find Mark chapter 16 verses 17 and 18. And I am reading and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Hallelujah. My Lord, my Lord. Now, this is the Lord Jesus speaking. After he rose from the grave and showed himself to over 500 people, including the 11 apostles, I want you to remember Judas Iscariot, who we all call, on, or we know him as Benedict Arnold, who betrayed Jesus, had already committed suicide. Jesus gave his disciples and the apostles what is known as the Great Commission, included in those commandments are signs that will follow those who believe. Jesus wasn't just referring to the 11 and the apostles back then. He said those that believe. 
This includes any believer. This includes us. So we are going to cover the five signs, or shall I say four, because two I'm going to couple together. We are going to cover those four signs that will follow those that believe. Number one, in my name, they will cast out demons. This is one of the signs that will follow those who believe they will cast out demons. Now in Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20, Jesus had sent out 70 disciples. And I will be reading verses 17, 18, 19, and 20. And it reads, The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And finally, verse 20 says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, Luke 10, 17 through 20 might seem to be out of order, but I chose these scriptures to highlight something else. Before Jesus died and rose from the grave, he sent out 70 disciples to heal and cast out demons. Yes, some had the power to cast out demons before Jesus ascended on high and before he gave the great commission. Now, I shared this so we can understand that with this power, we shouldn't brag or rejoice. Jesus said that we should be happy and rejoice that our names are written in heaven. In other words, be happy that we are saved and will spend eternity with God when this world ends or when our life ends on earth, whichever one comes first. Now, Mark 6 Verse 13 says, and they cast out many demons, talking about the disciples, and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Many who were sick and healed them. Now the disciples cast out many demons as they went forth preaching the gospel as God was with them every step of the way. He was confirming his word. The Lord was with them every step of the way, confirming his word. Now we will see more about casting out demons as we move throughout the signs. Now, how do we know we have this power? I, I want you to go to Acts chapter one, and I will be reading verses four and five. Acts chapter one, I will be reading verses four and five. And we are going to talk about the second sign, which is they will speak with new tongues. And this is associated with how we know that we have the power. Verse four reads, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, 
you have heard from me. This is Jesus talking. Verse five says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, before Jesus ascended on high, he told his disciples not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait on the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a reason I'm sharing this. In John chapter 14, verses 16 through 18, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever talking about the Holy Spirit. Verse 17 says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus was talking about himself. He is the father, son, and the Holy Spirit, which is called either a triune or Trinity. Jesus is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I gave this analogy before in, in episodes, oh, maybe I, I shared last year or the year before. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a lot of people don't believe in that. But let me tell you something. It's in the Bible. Because I use water as an analogy. If you take water and you freeze it and it becomes ice, we use it to cool off drinks, but it's still water. If you take water and boil it to um, uh, cook something or make hot tea, it's, it becomes steam and it will evaporate, but it's still water. At the end of the day, water being water is water. That's the father. Water being ice is the sun. It's still water. Water being heat and steam is still water. All three have different functions, but it's still water. And I want you guys to understand this because it will help you understand this entire message. Now let's resume. Let me repeat verse 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, Jesus was talking about himself. Of course, verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, Jesus said, I will pray to the father and he will send you another helper. That helper is what we know today as the Holy Spirit, from which truth comes from, power and boldness comes from, and it would fill the believers with this power and with truth, help them understand scripture, and it helps teachers share the word of God without backing down, share the word of God with confidence and boldness. It helps us understand scripture. And trust me, it will help any believer, including teachers and pastors and bishops, not back down from any false teachers. In fact, we will stand firm in these scriptures. Christians will speak truth about Jesus and will stand and be ready to correct anyone you are having a conversation with. I'm not saying dipping uh, conversations that we are not involved in and you hear untruths about Jesus. 
I'm saying if you are in a conversation with someone and speak in love, you ought to correct them because the Bible also says that the scriptures are used for correction. Yes, they are. We use scriptures to correct. It will allow us, the Holy Spirit I'm talking about, to defend the gospel with honor and with boldness and with confidence. Now, verse eight, Jesus says, but you shall receive power. We're talking about verse eight of, of John 14. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now to the ends of the earth includes every nation outside of Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria. Now proof that we are filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Let me say that again. The only proof that we are filled, that we know that we are filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Now, Acts chapter two, verses one through four. Let me read this because this is very important. You can pause the tape and find Acts uh, chapter two while I commence to read in verses one through four. When you find it, press play. You know the routine. We'll be on the same page. When the day of Pentecost had finally come or fully come, depending on, depending on which version of the New King James you have, because I have several versions of the New King James. They all are entitled New King James, but I, I noticed some words are different in, in some of them. So um, let me start over. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse two, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as, as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues and that's speaking in tongues as of fire and one sat up each and one sat upon each of them. I'm sorry. Verse four, and they were all filled, all leaves out. No one, everyone in the upper room. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, speaking in tongues is the only proof documented in the Bible that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, I will be reading and uh, to confirm what I just said. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So which means they had not received the Holy Spirit just yet. They were not filled, even though they had already believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is good news. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Verse three says, and he said to them, into what then were you baptized? They said into John's baptism, which is the baptism of repentance and the baptism that is symbolic to the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. That is what John's baptism is. It's not the Holy Spirit being baptized with fire or being filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse four says, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance. 
saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. Verse five and six. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Verse seven says, now the men were about 12 in all. So it was 12 of those men. But remember, they didn't start speaking in tongues until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit is by someone who is already filled laying hands on you. But you must believe. Now, there are denominations that teach against being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I'm not even going to 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 name the main one right now, but I put it this way. I grew up in one. Now, um, speaking in tongues and, and being filled goes together. Okay. Speaking in tongues and being filled, let me say with the Holy Spirit goes together. False teachers will tell you that speaking in tongues has ceased and is no longer needed in the church today. And that is a lie. And we can go back to verse uh, eight of John 14, where Jesus says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always. So Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And if he is with us always, then the Holy Spirit is with us always. And if the Holy Spirit is with us always, we should still be filled and speak in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues is how our born again spirit communicates with God. That's very important. I want you to go to Jude. Jude only has one chapter and I will be reading verses 20 and 21. But you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy spirit that's speaking in tongues. Verse 21 says, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now Romans chapter eight, Verses 26 through 28 explains more in depth why we need to pray in the Holy Spirit, which is speaking in tongues. Verse 26 says, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And finally, verse 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now praying in the Holy spirit also helps us to intercede on the behalf of others, especially um, when we don't know everything about what is going on in that other person's life, some people feel uncomfortable sharing what's going on. That's why you always hear people say, pray for me, pray for my family. You don't need to ask them what to pray for. That's when you pray in the spirit. Our born again spirit will pray to the Holy spirit. 
That's when we are speaking in tongues. We don't even know what language we, we are speaking in. We don't even know what we are saying or what that spirit is saying when we speak in tongues, but the Holy Spirit does. That's our direct line of communication with God. And you will be, let me tell you something. This is the good news. Speaking in tongues is one of the signs that will follow those that believe. We need to understand this, saints. Please get this. Now, the good news is you don't have to speak in tongues to be saved. You don't have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be saved because we just read in Acts what the Apostle Paul asked. Did you receive the spirit, the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they hadn't even heard of the Holy Spirit. They were already saved when Paul was talking to them. Now, the problem is you will be a powerless Christian. Oh, yes. A Christian with weak faith, a Christian who will stumble and, and fall at the drop of a hat, a Christian who is subject to the ways of the world. That's what a danger comes in at. You will walk by sight meaning you will walk by what you see rather than walk by faith, which is believing God's word over what the world says about you and God. Now, that's not a good place to be in, saints. Now, if you are following the ways of the world and claim to be a Christian, chances are you may not be born again. And if you have no convictions about uh, following and believing the ways of the world, like Paul told the Corinthian church, you need to test yourselves and see if you are of the faith because they were so worldly. And chances are, if you are walking in the ways of the world, because you are not filled with the Holy spirit that really will give you the power to believe and understand and walk in God's word, chances are you are not saved. You never really received Christ. You never really believed in Christ. And I knew that this would be the section of this episode that would make some people feel uncomfortable because we have denominations out here that's teaching contrary to what I am teaching, but I'm giving you scripture. I have backup. Backup is scripture. Anyone who cannot confirm through scripture what they are sharing with you, I suggest you don't listen to them. I'm telling you, we have some ministers out here going rogue and a lot of them are in denominations. And I find that in some of these non-denominational churches or some of these what they call full gospel uh, churches, some of them have gone rogue. They just teach them whatever they want, whatever makes the people feel good. And if the people feel good, they bring and, and, and they put more money in the plate. And that's just truth. That's what's happening in the world today. Now, let's move on. Number three, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Now, taking up serpents does not refer to handling snakes in religious ceremonies. Let's get that clear. Maybe in pagan worship, yes, but that's not what this is talking about. But casting and removing the snakes or taking them away, which means remove without being harmed. That is what this scripture is talking about when it says they will take up serpents. They will be able to remove them without being harmed. Also, a servant of the Lord can look for divine protection, referring to food and drinks. Now, we don't know what's in our water today and other drinks that the world has 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 concocted uh, for us to drink. We don't know what's in them, but we have to trust God. God promised to protect us if we drink anything deadly. 
and that's accidentally. Don't do it on purpose because we are not allowed to test the Lord thy God. You drink something poison on purpose, uh, make sure that your insurance is up to date and who your beneficiaries are, okay? <laughs> now, Acts 28, Acts 28 verses 3 through 6 says, But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, now this is proof that God will protect those from who handle snakes or who remove them, God will see to it that that snake does his people no harm. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. And they were wrong. Verse five says, but he talking about Paul shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm and suffered no harm. Verse six. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to Paul, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Now, Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit as well as the other apostles and disciples. He was not divine. Now, when Paul was, was this is when Paul was shipwrecked with another believer. He was um, responsible for, for converting over to Christianity. He was in a land called Malta, M-A-L-T-A. That was where some natives lived. Now, some natives and, and pagan worshipers assumed when that snake wrapped around Paul's hand, they thought he would be bitten and die. But God, hallelujah, but God being true to his word didn't allow Paul to be harmed by that snake. Paul removed the snake and put it in the fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. To God be all the glory. And finally, number four, saints, they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Now, I have personal experiences with God's healing power. This is where most Christians fail. They walk by what they see. They walk by what the doctor report says, not by faith, not by what God says about healing. Now, Jesus made it perfectly clear. Your faith shall make you whole. You must have faith for these signs to work in your life, saints. First, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit and it must be coupled with faith for the, the, the power that follow these signs to work in your life. Now, let's go to Mark uh, chapter 5. I will be reading verses 27 through 29. And 27 says, when she heard about Jesus, this is the lady with the issue of blood. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Uh, another version of the King James say, I shall be made whole. Now, this is where her faith is right here. She said, if I can touch his garment, I shall be made well. She knew she would be healed if she not only came to Jesus, 
but touched his garment and touching his garment was touching Jesus himself. Verse 29 says immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Now let's jump to verses 32 through 34. And it says beginning at verse 32 and he looked talking about Jesus looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. So you don't lie to Jesus and told him the whole truth and him being all knowing he knew who it was. But all of these scriptures are written for our admonition and for our learning. OK, uh, verse 34. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Jesus saw that faith. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, verse 36. I want to read verse 36. The ruler of the synagogue's daughter is healed. Okay, because remember, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't want you to say, well, she's reading about Jesus healing. I thought we were talking about the signs that are following those who believe. I am. It has everything to do with Jesus working in our lives. The same power that Jesus used to heal, deliver, and cast out demons, those signs and power follows us as well. It follows those who believe. Mm-hmm. It will follow those who believe. Now, verse 36 says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Now, needless to say, the child was healed because the man believed. The man believed. Go to Mark chapter 11, and I will be reading verses 23 and 24. For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, these signs shall follow those who believe and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24 says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. This includes healing. These signs shall follow them who believe. Healing is a part of the signs that will follow. And that includes yourself, healing yourself. If you believe, I don't care who you go to. You can go to some of the most strongest uh, faith claiming ministers on the planet. Benny Hinn is one of them. And if he lay hands on you and you don't believe you're going to be healed, you are not going to be healed. Jesus said, if you believe. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. And once again, that includes healing. Go to James chapter one, James, the Lord's brother, James chapter one. I will be reading verses five through eight. You can write down these scriptures and read them later. Or like I say, pause the tape. When you find the scriptures, come back and we'll be on the same place. We'll be in the same place if you press play. Okay. Verse five says, if any of you lacks wisdom. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally or freely and without reproach, and it will be given to him. 
verse six, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Verse seven, please take heed to verse seven for let not that man, what man who doubts, uh uh-huh, who doesn't have no faith. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So if you doubt and you don't receive and it's not the Lord being cruel because by God, he sent his only begotten son to die for your sins. That if you believe you will spend eternity with him, you can at least believe if he say he's going to heal you, that he will heal you. You can at least believe that if he said he's going to deliver you, he will deliver you. Hallelujah. You can at least believe that if he said, I'm going to repair your marriage, he will repair your marriage. That's the least you can do is just believe verse seven again for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Verse eight, he is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. So someone who is, who has a waver in faith, you will find in that person's life, he is unstable in all his ways. Now, as you see, faith drives these gifts, these signs that follow those that believe. Now you can try to cast out demons or, or try to heal someone or, or believe in God for your healing, but you really don't believe if you don't have faith to heal, people won't be healed. If you don't have faith to cast out demons, the demons not only will not be cast out, they could possibly jump on you because of your lack of faith. And I wasn't going to read this scripture, but I want, I want you to see this. Go to Acts, Acts chapter 19. I will be reading verses 13 through 16. And I am reading. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, they were Jews who, who went around performing exorcisms, trying to uh, cast demons out of people, took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus and this is without accepting Christ and believing on him as Lord and Savior and without being filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? They took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by the, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. <laughs> this is what they said. Look, saints, it's in your Bible. We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Verse 14. Also, there were seven sons of Seba, a Jewish, a Jewish chief priest who did so as well. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? These are the evil spirits that were in the people they were trying to cast them out out of. Verse 16 says, then the man in whom the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Now, so don't play with God saints. Don't try to cast out demons. If you don't truly believe first in Jesus and that there is power in his name. Second, if you are not filled with the Holy spirit from which comes your power these demons said, Jesus, we know, and Paul, we know they, cause Jesus had been casting out demons since he, he started his ministry at the age of 33. Paul had been casting out demons, delivering people and healing people. The demons knew the, this is, they, they had faith that you couldn't touch. 
Paul's faith was stronger than Peter's. Uh-huh. Now that's a whole nother teaching. But demons are not scared of you. You need to understand these words. Demons are not scared of you. They are scared of Jesus and those who are filled with the Holy Spirit and have faith to cast them into the pits of hell. Demons can't function without a body or a living creature. Just make sure you don't walk. You're not walking around with a demon in you. Everybody got a family member that you y'all remember that you y'all you and some of the other members of the family will sit down and say, "Ooh, that thing got a demon." You think you are playing, but demons need a human body to carry out their work. Yes, they do. So you can't fake having the Holy Spirit and it cannot be purchased in Acts chapter eight, verses 18 through 23. And, and let me read this because I wasn't going to read it. But since I'm here, um, this is a man named Simon who tried to purchase the Holy Spirit. You can't buy the Holy Spirit. And when Simon, this verse 18, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the spirit, the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Verse 21, you have neither part nor portion in this matter. Meaning that man ain't saved, ain't born again, ain't filled with the Holy Spirit for your heart is not right in the sight of God. And God would not reside where they have a dirty heart. That's why Jesus said, by their fruit, you shall know them. By their works and by what comes out of their mouths, we shall know they don't belong to him. They belong to that other spirit. Verse 22, uh, the apostle Peter them told this man, repent, therefore, of this, your wickedness and pray to God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Finally, verse 23, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Now, Simon was a sorcerer who people would pay for him to perform magic and do things in their lives. He was a sorcerer. He was a, a male Miss Cleo. He wanted the Holy Spirit so that he could make money off of it. He quickly found out that he was barking up the wrong tree saints. So those fake healers and those pre, uh, pretending that they are casting out demons that you see on TV, charging people money, asking them to send this in. Trust me, they have a high price to pay, saints. Trust me, God is watching. Now let's look at some disciples who couldn't cast out demons after Jesus had given them the authority to do so, meaning he had given them the power to do so and the authority. Now, this will explain why some believers in Christ can't cast out demons today. Go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, uh, I will be reading verses uh, 18 through 21. And I am beginning at verse 18. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the child was cured from, from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Oh, we just stumbled on something, saints. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, 
you will say to this mountain. Didn't we read this somewhere before, somewhere else in scripture? Move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. It won't be impossible for you. It wasn't impossible for those disciples who was filled with the Holy Spirit or had been, let, let me say, this was before Jesus died and rose again. Jesus had given them the authority and given them the power to do so, but they still couldn't uh, work the power. They still couldn't use it because they didn't believe. Faith has to be coupled with these signs or it won't work. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit and faith has to be coupled with it or it won't work. Now, in verse 21, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, the reason I'm saying this, in, 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 in this case, a man brought his son to the disciples because his son had seizures, which the Bible equates to having demons, okay? But the disciples could not cast them out. Now, when they asked Jesus why they couldn't cast the demons out, Jesus said, because of your unbelief, their lack of faith. But Jesus goes on to tell them how to build their faith, how to build upon their faith. And up to this point, now keep in mind, Jesus had not ascended on high and had not sent the Holy Spirit to fill them with the power. At that time, they needed to pray and fast to build their faith. Having faith the size of a mustard seed means you have a measure of faith but you have to build on it. Now today you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so, so you can have the power to fulfill the signs that will follow those that believe. Even if you are filled, you must believe. Remember, Jesus had already given them authority, meaning given them the power to heal and cast out demons. Now looking at something instead of, of, of standing on God's word can kill your faith. Fear can kill your faith. Now, when you think uh, of a situation and, and look at it and think and believe that it is too big for God to fix, you have no faith. And remember this, all things are possible with God. And you have to stand on that. All things are possible with God. They needed to pray and fast back then. Today, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to walk in this power. Now, let's look at the amazing healing power of the Apostle Paul. In Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12, it says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. It makes me believe, and, and um, I meditated on this and asked the Holy Spirit to speak to me about this, that he only worked these unusual miracles through Paul. But then as I continue to read, uh, some things happened with Peter as well. Um, verse 12. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, this is how powerful Paul's faith was. Remember, Paul was a human being. He was not divine, whose faith never changed or wavered. Handkerchiefs or aprons brought from Paul's body to the sick. They were healed and delivered from demonic spirits. Now, those people had to have faith in the power that Paul possessed from the Holy Spirit for their loved ones to be healed because they had to believe in order to bring these items from Paul to their loved ones. Now, let's look at one more powerful scripture regarding healing from the, uh, the power of the disciples. In Acts chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, it says, And believers 
were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Verse 15 and 16 says, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Mm. Wow. Verse 16 says, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. All leaves out no one. Everyone that was brought to the apostles for healing and the deliverance from the demonic spirits were all healed. Now, verse 14 says, believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Believers mean they believed. Believers mean that these folks believed. Now, saints, if you want to walk in the power of God so that the signs of casting out demons, speaking in tongues, taking up or removing serpents without harm, accidentally drinking or eating anything poison, and it won't harm you, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible is clear. We, we read in John 14, 8, that we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. The Holy Spirit is available to everyone who believes today. It is God's gift to all who believe in the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 2 verses 38 and 39 says this. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So number one, you must first believe in Jesus. Verse 39 says, for the promise, it is a promise from God, is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, I ask you this, is God still calling people to his son Jesus today? Yes, he is. And it says to as many who are far off, that's us. We're not in Jerusalem, Judea, or Samaria. That's us. So that expels these denominations who are teaching against it. The Holy Spirit is available to us today. Living proof, Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. And I want you to notice Peter said the promise. So when Jesus said in Acts 1, 4, for the disciples to wait on the promise of the Holy Spirit, this is what Peter was talking about. He wanted them to have power before they went forth to preach the gospel. Peter was telling everyone in Acts 2.39 that the Holy Spirit is available to them and us today. It is a free gift from God the Father to all who believe. The signs that will follow is proof that Christ lives today. He is not just another religion. He is Lord and Savior of the world. Now, without the signs, people won't believe in the living God or that he sent his holy son to die for the sins of the world. More importantly, saints, he defied death when he rose from the grave. The signs that follow the believers today is proof that Jesus lives. Okay, saints, if you are already saved, there are several ways to be filled with the Holy Spirit. One, pray and ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And rest assured, he will. Or you can ask someone who is already filled, like I mentioned earlier. 
with the spirit to lay hands on you. That's another way for you to be filled. Once you are filled, you will begin to speak with tongues, which is your heavenly language for you to communicate with God and intercede in prayer on behalf of others. Until next time, saints, walk in love, choose Jesus, wear your cross. Peace out. Hallelujah. To God be all the glory. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App, dollar sign, Dr. Kamla D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.